We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA front office show. Lots of stuff to talk about today. We're also going to start our team offseason breakdowns. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, I got to admit, I had a Kevin McAllister moment today. Uh-oh. My, my wife and daughter just went out of town this morning, dropped him off at the airport. So I've got the house to myself. And I looked around and I went, this is the first time in a long time I've been <laughs> been at the house by myself. My wife works from home as well. And uh, I, I will admit to this because she doesn't watch the show. I may have jumped on the bed a little bit. Nice. That, that, well that did happen. Ate some things I probably shouldn't have, you know, did, did one of those type of things for, for just a little bit. I figured I'm an adult. I'm not going to spend all day doing that. But I took, you know, 15, 20 minutes and uh, went a little crazy for a bit there. That's that's what you should do. Did you do one of these where you're like, ah, <laughs> so. I did not. But but <laughs> now you saying that is making me regret it. And so I'm going to have to fit that into my schedule this evening somehow, okay. I think. Yeah, either later tonight or tomorrow after you shave, yeah. you throw the shaving cream on and give a shout and off you go. Start your day off right. Got to order myself a cheese pizza, I think. Yeah, you play the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Even <laughs> the animals. <laughs> it needs to be Christmas time so I can watch that movie again. Or does it have to be? Can you just watch that anytime? I think you can watch that anytime. Right. You can right. fit it into your Home Alone weekend. Like, right, I may have to do that then. And it's okay. so hot everywhere. Maybe the thoughts of Christmas and snow will help cool you off a little bit. I like the way my evening is shaping up. All right, let's let's get through some NBA talk so I can get a, get on to uh, home aloneing <laughs> this thing. But uh, let's start here with just more insanity coming from the NBA world. I'm just in disbelief that we've had so many different rumors flying around out there. I think the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving trade stuff has just sat for so long that everybody's had way too much time to come up with all these different thoughts and theories and things and different people to talk to other people and those people to be sources. And we've wound up with a jumbled mess. <laughs> yeah. So Dave McMenamin was on the low post with Zach Lowe and mentioned that what he's hearing is that Kevin Durant asking to be traded was not something that he did because of the way the Nets were treating Kyrie Irving or anything like that, that instead Kevin Durant asked to be traded as a reaction to Kyrie Irving opting in because what he actually wants is to get away from Kyrie Irving. Now I've seen the response on social media from Nets fans has largely been, well, they've called BS on that. And I've seen a lot of people skeptical of it, but just around and around we go. 
And I feel like no one truly knows what's going on with this whole situation. Yeah, I mean, we would know for sure if that's what it was, if Kyrie Irving got traded tomorrow and then KD sure. was like, you know what, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm going to stay. stay. Right? Then, then we'd know. But yeah, for now, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what to make, make of the, this one. It's just like you said, it's just throw it on the drama pile and, you know, it's just another thing, you know. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if Kevin Durant was like, look, I, I know I'm getting older. I've only got so many more years to chase this thing and try to win and play at a high level. I don't want drama around me, but yeah, we'll, we'll find out, I guess. Let me, let me ask you this. We're going to talk about DeAndre Ayton next. Sorry for the you know, spoiler there or whatever, but what would be faster? The amount of time it took the Suns to match DeAndre Ayton on that salary contract from the, from the Pacers or the amount of time it would take the Brooklyn Nets to trade Kyrie Irving if Kevin Durant went to them and said, I will drop my trade demand if you trade him away. Yeah, they'd instantly be on it the be, phone. It would be yeah. immediate. Yeah, yeah, 100%. They, they would be right on the phone with the Lakers, and they would find out like from KD, hey, do we need a third team? Are you cool with Russ coming back? Or do we need a third team? And then that, that deal would get done, and it'd be, be finished probably within you know the hour. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why I'm a little bit skeptical that that's exactly where this really is. But I think he would have just said it, too. I mean, there was some speculation I saw that maybe the thought was Durant could do this and then split from Kyrie, but keep the friendship intact. And But, I mean, I don't know that he cares about that stuff. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's getting older and he's realized, like, I've angered some folks, but maybe he just wants to stay buddies with Kyrie. But I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of this. I really think if it was he didn't want to play with Kyrie anymore, he'd just tell the Nets, hey, get him out of here. And I think the Nets would be like, absolutely, let's let's oblige. We'll, we'll make this happen because Kevin Durant and whatever is still there is probably a pretty good team anyway right you're you're gonna be able to put together what should be a pretty competent roster so mm -hmm. yeah I, i'm not sure where to go with this one um it's looking like and, and again we've heard for a while now that the the nets aren't going to move kyrie irving until the kevin durant situation is finalized so this could be something that we are staring down yeah in doctor i mean who knows how long this could actually take yep Anyway, let's move on to something that actually did take place. We know DeAndre Ayton had his contract matched by the Phoenix Suns. They got that offer from the Indiana Pacers. And now we're getting the spin zone. And now we've got the Suns talking about how Ayton is a part of their core. And DeAndre Ayton is saying, you know, he, he loves it here and, and all that kind of stuff. And everything is kumbaya. I don't really buy it, but this nope. is kind of par for the course when this type of thing happens. Yeah, I think this was the Suns realizing, yeah, we're crap out of luck if DeAndre Ayton leaves. We can't replace him. There's not even good uh, secondary options left in this free agent class. And I think it is, hey, man, we always loved you. You know, welcome back to the family. You know, let's let's go. And I think it's if you really loved him, you would have just paid him yourself, even if it was only a four-year deal. Now, maybe Ayton was firm with, hey, you can give me five years in 8% raises. That's all I'm accepting from you. And if you match, you match. So be it. You know, my hope now is just for the Suns' chances of being a good team that now this is just over and everybody comes back and goes. But you know, 
the first time, you know, Chris Paul yells at DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton looks sideways at Monty Williams. It's all going to come back up again, and you know, probably multiple times throughout the course of the year. So let's kind of see where where this one goes with this. It's, uh, you know, my my guess is this is a lot to do about nothing right now because I don't really buy it. But you know, it is what it is, and you know, as I think DeAndre Ayton was one of the ones who said like himself, like, all right, back to work. So you know, if that's the approach you take then all will be okay. This is, I mean, this fits in with kind of an overarching thought that I've had about the NBA offseason in general, um, just developed over a number of years, having been through this for many, many years now. There's a ton of optimism. This is essentially the, the honeymoon period for yeah. everybody, right? Yep. For NBA teams, for fans, everybody, zero for zero on their record. Everything is great. When the record isn't where you want it to be, when you're tired, You've been traveling, uh, guys aren't getting along, and we're in January and February. That's when the emotions really come to the surface. Right now is when it's easy to be happy and smiley and, and on the same page. Yeah, no, great point. Yeah, I mean, if you talk to anybody, um, both of us do, we talk to folks around the league. Everybody loves their draft. Everybody yep. loves their free agent pickups, their trades that they've made. Everybody's thrilled. Even the teams that are going the different direction, they're like, oh, we, we love all getting all the draft picks we got, like Utah, right? We love having all that. We love all the flexibility we've created. Like, yeah, but yeah, it's exactly it. When you get into January and it's in some of these markets, it's the, uh, you know, 15th day in a row where it's 30 degrees and gray and crappy. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden it's like, all right, you know, yeah, don't yell at me, man. Like, I don't want to hear, hear about it from you. And then, you know, next thing you know, they're, you know, having a fight and a shoving match on the sidelines on a, you know, Tuesday night in Charlotte or something like that. And that's when, you know, it'll all come, all come to the forefront, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, but it's part of what we like about the league. It's, it's the drama aspect that we, we there. enjoy and buy into. You know, what's funny. I think about this all the time. Hmm. Like, if either of our wives or anybody watching significant other pitched like, all right, there's all this drama and this guy doesn't like this guy and this one doesn't like this, there's a good chance we'd be like, I'm not watching this. Like that sounds <laughs> stupid. And yet here we are. We love this and we eat it up, you know, every single bit of it. That that is true. That is true. We'd be like, what kind of a show is this that that we're that we're watching? What no, I don't, I'm not interested in that. But as it turns out, it's sports and that, that makes it okay. <laughs> and I say this as someone who's full plans. You're going to watch Home Alone tonight. My mm -hmm. plan is my wife and I are going to watch more of uh, Below Deck Down Under. So oh, okay. A, yeah, absolute garbage, trash television, and I couldn't love it more. No, I, I get it. I get it. I my, my penance for watching so much basketball is that I have to follow along with uh, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette series. So Yeah, that one, thankfully, I haven't had right to there. do, but. Low deck is, just, I mean, it's it's just garbage people doing garbage things, and I and I, I don't know why I love it. I may have to check that one out. I've got I've got Miss Marvel though, uh, in the queue for right now, go. so I got to get to that, and then some Home yeah. Alone and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and of course, <laughs> NBA news can always pull me away at any True. given moment. You just never at know. So. Any point. Yep. Uh, all right. Speaking of NBA news, right before we started recording this, it broke from both Shams and Moch. I didn't know who was first this time. I don't know. I mean, it was like that was, was a group close. text, obviously. Yeah, uh, because they got it back to back. But uh, Jamichael Green is uh, negotiating a buyout with OKC and will land with the Warriors. Um, the Warriors. I mean, you lose Otto Porter Jr. Does Jamichael Green make that sting a little bit less? Yeah, sort of ish, I guess. I mean, it's not, not exactly the same. Yeah, player, he's not but... exactly because Porter 
plays a little bit more, I think, consistent from the outside. But mm-hmm. Green gives you another option. If uh, if Wiseman or Kaminga aren't getting it done, you can go to Jamichael Green and hopefully he can uh, you know play for for you off the bench behind uh, Looney and Draymond Green. So yeah, I, I it's fine for the Warriors. I expected. I, I thought they might run a little bit less, but you know, hey, if a guy pops available, you know, go get him. And now, mm-hmm. now we'll see. And the reason the Thunder had to do this was they, they just uh, officially signed Jalen Williams, uh, the second Jalen Williams, the second round Jalen Williams. I don't remember what ones. One's J Dub and one's J Will. I don't mm-hmm. remember which one is which. And they they're, um, they spell Jalen differently, don't they? Yes, ones correct. are like J A Y. One is J A Y L I N, right? And the other one is Jalen J A L E N, like Jalen Rose. Um, the Jalen, like Jalen Rose, is the guard uh, wing, and the other one is the big man from Arkansas. He, the big man from Arkansas, was a second round pick, signed a four year contract, got a couple million dollars guaranteed in each of the first two seasons. So about a million above the, the minimum for him in the first year. So that's good for him. But that brought them to 20 players. They are still rumored to be re-signing Mike Muscala. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't done that, but you can only have 20 players on your roster in the offseason. So in order to sign Muscala, they're gonna have to waive somebody. But they, you know, even to sign that, they've they're just gonna have to make three waivers uh going in, you know, coming out of training camp and preseason before the regular season starts, because you can only have 15 players on standard deals and two on two ways. So a lot of roster movement yet to come in Oklahoma City. And my guess is Derek Favors is probably one of the guys who gets let go. And, you know, somebody will somebody will snap oh, him we'll off. Picked up. Big. You know, I, no. I, I, yeah, I think, you know, Boston maybe could take an odd look at Derek Favors. I think he'd be all right as a fourth, fifth big for them. Remind me, because this, this just popped into my head. Um, let's say Derek Favors, what, what's he making, about $10 million for this season? Uh, yeah, in that range. Okay, so let's he gets waived. Let's say your Celtics pick him up, veteran minimum. How much of that offsets for OKC? Depends on what they put in to to the um to to they. To the it's the stupidest thing in the world, and it's the one thing in the CBA that drives me absolutely bananas. You said it rightly. How much of that offsets uh-huh. the CBA term is actually set off, which is dumb, and I don't understand okay. why. I've never gotten a clear answer to it to it, but if I've asked, it's just like I don't know. That's just what it's called. Why do you care about this? <laughs> um. So yeah, Keep, leave us alone already, man. Right. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> um, so they, uh, yeah. So with that one, it's, um, yeah, it's not a, uh, you know, it's, it's never a set amount. It can be just whatever they negotiate. A lot of times on a minimum, if a guy knows, yeah, I've got a minimum contract lined up, like that could be the case with Jamichael green. That'll be, they'll, they'll, they'll give up that much in a bio and then there won't be anything. Um, in the set off process because they'll they've already given it up in a buyout. So we'll see. But if waivers if uh favors is a straight waiver, there may be nothing at all. Um they they, they he may say, No, you're just cutting me. I'm not getting right. bought out. Yeah, I want all my money. So we'll we'll see where that one goes. Hey, you wanna it's not it's not really breaking news, but you want to play your breaking news drop anyway, since we haven't in a long time. Just for just for fun. Yeah. Here yeah. We go. Well, here's a story, but it's not huge. Okay. Well, in any event. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. The Atlanta Hawks are finalizing the hire of Kyle Korver to a front office role. 
So all right, interesting good, guy. He was the you, Pal, player development coach last season. So yeah, I like that. Want to hear a hot take I have? Sure. Kyle Korver should be in the Hall of Fame. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is there a Hall of Fame for looking like Ashton Kutcher? I mean, maybe he should definitely be in that. <laughs> Kyle Korver, go look at his all-time shooting numbers. And not just what he made, but what he hit percentages-wise compared to the oh. other guys in the league at the time. It's unbelievable. And he did it for like 17 years or whatever. He's a so. 43% career three-point shooter. He had a season in 2009-2010 in which he shot 54% from three in 52 games. Now, 2.1 attempts per game, which by today's standard is not a lot. But back then, I'm sure that was a decent amount. Um, 49% in 2014-2015 on six attempts per game. That's honestly more impressive than the 54%. Mm-hmm. Right. Just because the volume of shots there. Um, Nobody agrees with me on this one. I don't even know like Kyle Corver and the Corver family agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find the argument here. <laughs> well, it's rare that we disagree, but here's one. <laughs> All right, we so just because on. he was such a good shooter, you've got him in the the Hall of Fame. I just i I think he was one of those guys who helped change the game with his shooting, uh, both volume and accuracy. And I'll never forget when the Hawks signed him to at the time what was a big contract. There was a lot of like, really, Kyle Corver? And they said, we're going to build our offense around Kyle Corver. Everybody's like, oh, he does a shoot. And then they did. They built this offense that the whole idea was Kyle Corver. He was kind of one of the first gravity guys mm-hmm. where it was like every everything, whatever side of the floor he went to, they were in place through the entire defense bent that way towards keeping an eye on him. And it opened up all sorts of stuff. And that Hawks team was really good, uh, you know, for a number of years so. That's so, just a random hot take I have. So what you're saying is without Kyle Korver, there is no Steph Curry. It, yes, that's exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's it. Never mind that's his a, dad. That's going to get aggregated. Keith Smith says <laughs> yeah. Kyle Korver equals Steph Curry. Yeah. And then you're going to have all these angry Warriors fans after you. You're welcome. Del, Del Curry had nothing to do with that. It was all Kyle Korver. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We're not going to play the drop again, but. Uh, this one just came in. Minnesota Timberwolves are signing guard forward AJ Lawson to a two-way deal. So uh, he played really well in summer league uh, for the Mavericks. 
Um, really, really played well. We're starting to see this now. Guys are getting poached from summer league teams yep. to other teams um, because te- teams are either they're not moving or they haven't done something or whatever it is. So we we are all on Jay Huff watch in in Lakerland right now. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Sure. Yep. And and Mac McClung, I heard, got some interest from the Warriors potentially getting a two way deal, which would there. make sense. But yep. he was good. He was really good. Yep. Um, but we'll see what happens there. Mac McClung to me screams. There's not really a term for this in the NBA, but in Major League Baseball, it's a 4A guy. Too good for the minors, but not quite good enough for the bigs. That's kind of what he seems like. He's too good for the G League, but he's not really good enough for for the majors. So that's probably a two-way guy. He probably ultimately, and I'm I'm sure he's going to chase the NBA thing for a bit, but if it doesn't hit, he's going to make a lot of money overseas. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because he's so entertaining to watch, too. Yeah, people will love watching him, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Doughton to the Raptors, taking with, yep. with two way guys here. Yep. So there's something there. Yeah, yeah, played really well for um, Lakeland last year in the G League. Uh, did some stuff on some of the COVID call ups uh, last year, and this is a good get for the Raptors on, on a two way spot. So they, they've uh, they've they've done a nice job generally, kind of filling out the bottom of that bench and churning it, kind of heat style of just keep bringing guys in and see if somebody pops and really develops. And last, before we get into our team breakdown, C.D. Sissoko, assuming we're, we're saying that correctly, hopefully, yeah. uh, is to the G League Ignite. Again, we've talked about this a lot. You know, we're now seeing different paths to the NBA aside yep. from just the traditional college path. And that's fantastic. That That's, again, myself coming from an education background, I have a great understanding that not everybody uh, learns the same way. Not everybody needs the same path in their life or career path or anything like that. And so what's right for one person isn't necessarily going to be right for everybody. And so I think having these multiple ways to make it into the NBA is, is critical for the, the long-term future of the league. Yeah. So Soko is French. He's six foot eight. He's a wing uh, player. Um, <laughs> Interestingly enough, dad voucher, Russell Westbrook's now former agent is his agent oh. uh, of record that's listed. Um, but he's been playing in Spain. Uh, he played in Spain last year. Um, uh, Played well. I think he was in the second division. Uh, kind of showed some stuff. He he is on uh, uh, Draft Express has him, or I guess ESPN now. Uh, Jonathan Gavoni has him as um, the number twenty five prospect in their their initial twenty twenty three mock draft. And he called out um, Dyson Daniels, who came over from Australia and spent a year with the Ignite. Really moved up the draft boards, was selected eighth overall. He called that out as the path where he's like, I saw that. I think that's something that that I can do as well. So, you know, good for him. All right. Uh, shall we get into our team breakdown? Yeah, let's do it. So before we get super into this, we'll give you guys a little, little, this is not a team preview. This is more of what did this team do over the, the off season here? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a review, I guess. Um, so what we're going to do is we're just going to go team by team. Full disclosure, it's, there's a few teams that we got to wait because <laughs> we don't know. Nets, Lakers, uh, you know, 76ers maybe still. Um, but there's a handful of teams we're going to push to the later part of this process. So if teams we're doing now, we feel kind of confident they're probably done. Um, but but we're, we're going to pull them up and, and get into to, to some stuff with them on uh, you know what they've done um, this offseason and signings and trades and all that stuff and kind of give it a little bit, not, not necessarily a grade, but just a, if you like it, do we not like mm-hmm. it? And uh, take it away with our first team. All right. First out of the gate, we've got the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Denver Nuggets, a team injury from last season. One of several teams that dealt with a lot of injuries last season. But 
they've got championship aspirations and made some interesting moves this offseason, both both good yep. and bad. Yeah, now the, these uh, this is from SpotTrack's offseason page. It doesn't necessarily track all the trades um, here. If you want to go to the Nuggets salary page, you can. Uh, very easily, you can go there and see everybody that they've got. But this will give you the signings and then extensions that they did and all that stuff. Um, but one trade that they did, big trade, uh, right before the season, they, they sent Will Barton and Monte Morris uh, to the Washington Wizards for Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Ish Smith. Um, the idea there was Jamal Murray's coming back. They've got Bones Highland. Let's clear out a little bit of room for uh, those two guys. Uh, Monte Morris is kind of too good probably to go back to being just a backup again. So let's give him a bigger opportunity and let's shore up our wing defense. And Caldwell Pope was the first part of that. Uh, and clearly they like him enough because they gave him a $30 million extension uh, over the next two years too. So I like that move for both teams. Yeah. Um, I think it's one that made a lot of sense. I think Caldwell Pope's cutting and shooting. And then obviously his defense at uh, really the one through three um, spots, I think is going to be huge for Denver. I mean, having a lot of time watching KCP with the Lakers, he's a guy who is probably best suited on twos. He, and, he, and if he's going to switch onto anything else, he's better at defending ones than he is like threes. Yeah. If, if, it, if it's a smaller three, he can get by the big, Threes, like if you look at like Paul George's six eight, he's going to struggle in some of those situations. But otherwise, he's a he's a pretty good versatile defender. He's fast out on mm -hmm. the break. I think he doesn't get enough credit for that. And he's a knockdown shooter. He can be streaky. He can go through. And I'm talking about not game to game, but like month to month. He can have a cold month shooting the ball, month and a half, and you'll be be going crazy. But then he'll also have a month and a half or so where he's red hot and you're winning a bunch of games and he's knocking down everything. Um, but overall, defensively, you're going to get a consistent performance out of him night in and night out. So I think this is a really nice pickup and a nice fit for the Denver Nuggets. I like that trade. Um, saves them a little bit of money. as Well, well it did. But now that KCP is locked in, yeah. got the, the new deal, that probably changes. But overall, I like the, the deal for the Nuggets. and I think it makes a lot of sense. And um, it's going to continue to make them a, a very dangerous team if they can stay healthy. Yeah, I like that you called out that he's good getting out on the run, too, because Jokic, we saw him, especially with Barton. Uh, he got really good at hitting Barton with those touchdown passes on the fly route, and I can see him doing some of that with Caldwell Pope. I think, too, what now you can do is, presuming he starts or at least plays a ton next to Jamal Murray, um, you put Murray on the weaker of the two guards and let Caldwell Pope take the better one, and off you go. And there, there it is. There's your, your setup there. Um they doubled down at the position and on the perimeter by signing Bruce Brown um, to, to a contract. They got him on the uh, taxpayer mid-level um, uh, for this first year. Second year is a player option for Brown. Um, so we'll see it kind of functionally a one-year $6.5 million deal. But um, I think Bruce Brown's going to be great for them. I think he he has showed me a lot. If his shooting is real, he hit 40% last year. He should get just as open looks with Denver as he got with Brooklyn. Um, if that continues, his defense, his cutting ability, all the things he brings to the table, his finishing too, um, he's really strong. Uh, you can use him almost as like a, a pseudo small ball, like four at times. Mm -hmm. The Nets even kind of played him almost like a five um, in their offense with Jokic distributing from the perimeter. You're going to have some, some really good stuff out of Bruce Brown. I think when all is said and done, that will go down as one of the best value signings this summer. Absolutely. That was one of those ones that an Otto Porter Jr. Uh, with the Raptors where you saw fans of 29 teams went, why didn't we do that? You know, I mean, that's that's just a great, great value. Um, 
you mentioned Jokic's passing, which obviously gets a, gets a lot of recognition, and rightfully so, in regards to KCP and throwing those touchdown passes. Bruce Brown is a fantastic cutter. So in the half-court sets, I can't wait to see what that looks like. Bruce Brown's cutting combined with the vision and passing of Jokic. That could be particularly deadly. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, there are other signings. Uh, Vlako Chanchar re-signed. It really pays to be Nikola Jokic's best friend on the team. Um, it's not Chanchar can play some, but really this is about like, hey, we like him. We like what he brings to the team in the locker room. It gives Jokic a buddy, and yeah, we feel really good about that. Uh, uh, Devon Reed, I, I, I like this one. I, I thought they missed by not getting him converted last year. Uh, but for Reed, it probably paid off. He gets two years at the minimum now to come in, and I, I think this is you know good depth again behind KCP and Brown. You, you get another guy who's a tough wing and kind of hang in there. The one I don't get. DeAndre Jordan, this one I don't understand at all. Yeah, I mean, so from asking around, I mean, I didn't, I'll admit, I didn't ask around a lot about DeAndre Jordan, but uh, <laughs> because I tend to focus on more more of the Lakers stuff, but from conversations with a few people just kind of saying like, hey, this is weird, the general feeling was that this is more of a locker room thing than anything else. Yeah. Um, and that they they appreciate what he does in the locker room. But because on the floor, I look at this and I think, you know, they they found some good things with Boogie Cousins last year. Not to say he's, you know, this end-all be-all as your, your backup big, but I would have taken Boogie over DeAndre Jordan. I mean, some of the centers are still out there right now. Like, I mean, Dwight Howard, Hassan Whiteside, I would take those guys over DeAndre Jordan. But again, I think the Nuggets are looking at this from a locker room perspective, but I... Even with that, it's still a little bit of a head scratch, particularly how early in free agency it occurred. It was, I mean, obviously not as big of a contract, but there were some Mozgov vibes in terms of the, wait, what? Why? He's yeah. coming off the board now? Like, that was that was surprising. Yeah, because that was one of those ones that, uh, I think it was Shams, and he clearly had it in his draft. So yeah. he to press send or tweet or whatever at uh, 601. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Boogie Cousins. My guess is they want to give Zeke Naji a bigger role. And maybe Cousins wouldn't have been cool with playing behind the uh, the younger big man. And my guess is Najee and Jeff Green, they feel like All right, that's covered. And if we really need to on a night, you know, it's the third third game in four nights, second night of a back-to-back, we're going to lean on Jokic a little less. We could throw Jordan in there and at least be covered defensively and feel like we're okay. Uh, for a little bit, I, I, I kind of doubt that. And honestly, it's a minimum. We'll see if he even makes it. Uh, you know, the full season with them. Maybe they do. Cousins remains unsigned, so maybe they turn back uh, to Cousins. Um, extensions for this team. We mentioned them. Nikola Jokic. Uh, well, we mentioned the Caldwell Pope one. Nikola Jokic, so five years, basically $270 million extension. Uh, just a monster uh, extension for him. And uh, they, they you know, get him wrapped up. He'll be there in Denver for, uh, you know, the majority. And he, he doesn't scream. So he seems a lot more like Giannis where it's like, I'm here and I signed this because this is where I want to be versus grab the money and I can ask out later. Do you buy into the theory that the international players in general are more, more prone to sticking with one place than the U S based players? Yep. Very, very much. I think, 
this is home for them in the United States. So it becomes like, this is not only did I leave my country to come to a whole new country, but then this, this specific place became home for me. Whereas for us, like we're very used to like, yeah, oh yeah, move around and move all over the country. You and I have both lived different places yeah. and moved around quite a bit. So I think it's, um, you know, for us, it's not a thought, but I think for them, it's like, Hey, moved here. And in Jokic's case, Denver is home. So this is where I want to be. And clearly he's had great success there and, and all of that um, with that one. So yeah, I do buy into that. And and player option in the fifth year, correct? Yes. Yep. So that just gives him that opportunity to get back out there. Get and more get money. A little more money later. Uh, and then their rookie class, they ended up with two first round picks because uh, they traded for a second one from uh, the Thunder in the Jamichael Green trade. Um, they got uh, Christian Braun and Peyton Watson. And what they really did in that trade, they owed OKC a pick. So what they did was they pushed that pick back a little bit and then took protections off it and changed up what they were. So that way OKC will get a pick a little later um, from Denver, which honestly is not a bad thing. I don't think you really want a Denver first right now because they're probably going to be a pretty good team. Um, Braun looked okay, I thought, in summer league. I thought he was, looked pretty good as a shooter and doing some stuff. We'll see. My guess is now they have their G League team, they'll – these two guys probably spend a lot of time in the G League because Peyton Watson, eh, it's pretty rough offensively. Um, he can defend, but he's pretty raw. A lot of, lot, lot of, long way to go uh, there for him. But now they've got a G League team, the Grand Rapids Gold. Uh, Going to need a new head coach because Jason Terry is gone. Um, he joined someone's staff. I don't know who it was. I'll look it up. Um, I know, I know. I just saw that too. He joined. Say yes, Utah. Utah. Yeah. Am I right? Yep. Yeah. Utah. So, yeah, with Will Hardy. So uh, good for Jason Terry. Uh, but yeah, but they, they've got their G League team now. So my guess is these two guys spend a lot of time uh, with the gold. And then their two-way uh, players, there you have um, Colin Gillespie of Villanova fame. And he's not on there yet because it hasn't gone official. But uh, Jack White is also uh, coming in there um, with uh, with Donna Two-Way. He was a Duke player, but he's uh, didn't do much at Duke, but then he's kind of blossomed in Australia um, over the last couple of years, and he looked pretty good in summer league. So Denver's basically done. They've got a couple guys on camp deals um, that, that they've got Adonis Arms, uh, one of the top names. I know people love that. And then Kellen Grady, um, who played at Kentucky last year, are in there on camp deals. Uh, unsigned free agents, Facundo Campazzo, um, DeMarcus Cousins and Austin Rivers is uh, headed off to Minnesota um, okay. there. And then Marcus Howard, who was one of their two-way players the last couple of years, he's headed overseas where he's just too small for what he is for the NBA, but he'll probably light it up overseas and uh, look really good. So, um, yeah, I mean, this team is deep. They're they're good. So I guess I'll kick it to you. Now gets off season. Yep. What do you think? You know, I, I liked it. I liked that. I like that there's nothing here that we're looking at and going, and they made this big move and got that because they didn't need to. They yep. need health. That's what they need. They need health, and they needed a few little tweaks around the edges, and that's exactly what they did, which is which is smart. Um, so I, overall, I like their offseason. Again, I like KCP. I like what he brings to the team. I thought Bruce Brown was an absolute steal in free agency. I think that's going to give them some nice wing depth. You've already got, got a guy like Aaron Gordon, who in theory should be there to defend some of the bigger, higher-scoring wings in the NBA, which we know is incredibly important. You've got guys like Jason Tatum, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Hopefully those guys are healthy. Jimmy Butler, on and on and on, right? So you've got players who can defend across a lot of different positions now. KCP and Bruce Brown can defend some of the smaller guys out there, can take some of the pressure off of Jamal Murray. Again, fingers crossed, hopefully he is healthy 
and good to go for next season. And then same thing with Michael Porter Jr. This Nuggets team on paper is set up to be one of the top teams in the West. I don't know if on paper they're the best team in the West, but they're up there to the point where if things click and somebody else stumbles, this I mean, this team could wind up being the team to come out of the Western Conference next season. And that's um, that's got to be exciting for uh, for Nuggets fans. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought their offseason was really, really good for a team. They're they're now into the tax, which is also new territory for them. They're not usually there. Um, I thought their their additions all made a lot of sense um, without uh, much subtraction. I, I like Monte Morris. I like Will Barton, but I think Bones Highland is ready for a bigger role at the point guard spot. Um, we'll see. You know, if he stumbles, you have Ish Smith, who's just been kind of a productive second, third point guard for years and years and years. So I like that. I, I, you know, Gordon's there. Porter's going to be back. Murray's going to be back. Jokic is great. It would, we're, we're by no means are we doing our season uh, predictions, right? but I will say it would not surprise me if Denver finished with the best record in the West uh, Mm -hmm. next year in the regular season, just because I don't know how hard golden state's going to push. I don't know if Phoenix is going to push super hard. Clippers, we know they're not going to push hard. Yeah. Now, they may just get there because of their ridiculous depth of uh, talent. But Denver's pretty deep, too, and Jokic is pretty good. And as long as they're healthy, I could see them uh, at the top of the conference. And they've got one of the best home court advantages in the entire league, too. So that right. you know, helps them quite a bit. So, yeah, I, I think uh, there's a chance this, this could be one of those really special seasons coming for Denver. Absolutely. Absolutely could. All right. I think that about does it for us today. Everybody who tuned in, thank you guys for, for watching and or listening. If you're listening over Apple Podcasts, give us that five-star rating and review. And if you're watching on the YouTube channel, make sure that you do give us that subscription. Don't forget to turn on notifications and check out our Clips channel. I'm going to put a link in the description below for you guys to go check that out as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.